Well, good morning. A very warm welcome to our service of worship. As we come to worship God, may you know God's loving presence with you. Well, let's uh, come now to God in worship. It says in Psalm 145, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So let's worship God as we sing our first hymn, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord, Mission Praise number 50. Lord God Almighty, you are faithful in all your ways, and we come before you to worship you and to give you our thanks and praise, for you are good to us, 
and you have loved us so much that you gave us your son Jesus to make it possible for us to know you and to receive your love and forgiveness and to become your children forever through faith in Jesus our Lord. You are also our maker and the source of all that is good. So we thank you for the blessings that you love to give us and for our daily needs. Forgive us when we do not love you or the people around us with the love you have shown us. Cleanse us from our sins and help us to live and share the good things that you have given us with those in need. Lord God, as we worship together, help us to understand more of you and your love for us so that we may be strengthened in our faith and follow you more faithfully in all our ways. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, last, last week we were thinking about our hands and touch and how we could do good with our hands. Well, today we're thinking about some other part of our body, our mouths and the words that we speak and how we can use them for good. And so in our Bible story today, I'd like us to listen out for what uh, Jesus does with his words, what he says so we're going to begin the story. It begins on the Sabbath. That's like our Sunday, the day of rest. And Jesus goes into the synagogue and he sees someone that's unwell. He sees someone that's got a withered hand, a hand that they can't use. And Jesus wants to heal them. So he goes up to the man and he says, um, come and stand in front of everyone because I want to heal you. And so he comes up and but Jesus knows that some of the religious leaders aren't happy with him healing people on their Sunday, their Sabbath, because they think that's not the right thing to do. So Jesus says to them, is it good to do good or evil on the Sabbath, on the Sunday? Or is it uh, not better to save a life rather than to kill on the Sabbath? Well, there was a silence. The religious leaders didn't want to say, well, you should, of course, you should do good. And Jesus was very upset with them because he wanted them to know that it's, it's always, every day is a day for doing good and helping people. And so he said to the, the man, he said, stretch out your hand, his withered hand, stretch it out. And he did that. And as he did that, his hand was made well again and he could use it and he was really happy he could use it again just like his other hand and people around were, were really thinking that's great but the religious leaders weren't happy they thought no that's not the right thing to do on a 
on a Sabbath, and they went out. And the Bible says that they started to um, think about what they could do to get rid of Jesus. And that's uh, because he was ruffling their feathers. He was doing things that they didn't think was quite right, but actually he was doing good and healing people. But if we think about Jesus' words, he had a choice. He could have, um, he could have stayed silent because he knew that there were people there who wouldn't have liked what he want, wanted to do, but he trusted that what he was doing, he, he knew that God, his father, wanted him to speak a word of healing to this man to make him well again. And so that's why he did that. And he, he spoke out and said, stretch out your hand. And the man's hand was made well. You know, we've got a choice every day as well. We can choose to speak good words, encouraging words. We can choose. Sometimes it's a hard choice to speak up when um, it's not going to be popular uh, to say the right thing. And but we can ask God to help us so that we don't speak words that are unkind or words that are not loving or um, words that bring people down. So that's, uh, that's what we're going to pray now. And then we're going to sing um, about that as well and ask God's help. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you that your words are always loving and true. Help us always to choose to use our mouths to speak words that are loving and kind to other people, words that heal rather than hurt, just like Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to sing now, and this is the same tune as last week, same hymn really, but with different words. So we were singing Jesus' hands were kind hands. We've changed the words a little bit, and it's now we're going to sing Jesus' words were kind words. And there are a few changes but you'll see them on the screen as we sing. So let's, uh, let's worship God. Jesus' words were kind words. Sometimes I see myself also in the position of a religious leader when things are out of uh, the usual way. So we are called to exhort each other, encourage each other in the Lord and speak kind words. So that's what Jesus did but he also always spoke the truth. So let's also believe and always speak the truth. Jesus' words were kind words, doing good to all, healing pain and sickness, blessing children small, speaking life and hope and saving those who fall. Jesus' words were powerful, doing good to all. Take my lips, Lord Jesus, let them speak for you. Give me words of kindness and courage true. Let me hear you, Jesus, till I'm just like you. Till my words are kind words, quick to speak to you. Jesus' words were kind words, doing good to all. Healing pain and sickness, blessing children small. Speaking life and hope and saving those who fall. 
Jesus' words were powerful, doing good to all. Take my lips, Lord Jesus, let them speak for you. Give me words of kindness, encouraging and true. Let me hear you, Jesus, till I'm just like you. Till my words are kind words, quick to speak to you. Well, since this is the beginning of Christian Aid Week, we're going to watch a video now uh, about some of the work of Christian Aid, and it's uh, focusing um, on some of the needs in Malawi. Welcome to Malawi, the warm heart of Africa. Stay tuned for your Christian Aid Week broadcast. Rising food and energy prices are impacting millions across the world. Economists point to COVID, the war in Ukraine, and poor harvests as the cause. And now, a short ad break. Bread prices up by 50% in just three months? Our tasty locally produced rolls could be the solution. Esther is here to serve you delicious rolls straight from her cooperative's oven. No need to travel, our team will come to you. Esther's rolls are baked using flour made from locally grown pigeon peas. So there's no expensive fuel related costs to hike up the price. And no need for costly imported wheat. Thanks to pigeon peas, awesome drought resistant properties, everyone can enjoy them when other crops fail. But hurry, Esther's rolls are selling like hotcakes. They are loved by adults and children alike. Esther's little grandson, Nespo, can't get enough. Your family will love them too. Next on Christian Aid Week TV, it's Esther's story. In a nutshell, it was really about um, uh, how Christian Aid helped uh, this lady and uh, others um, to get a fair price um, for their crops, um, these seeds that were resilient to, um, to uh, floods and other, other weather phenomenon, which um, meant that they were able to support their families in a, in a better way. So that's just an example of how Christian Aid can help people uh, in issues of justice to get, to get uh, um, but also to support um, so that they can, can get uh, help for themselves as well to, to get them started in uh, being able to look after themselves too. So we're going to uh, pray uh, now and um, in the first part of our prayers for others, uh, when I say the words, Lord, in your mercy, uh, please respond by saying, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us bread and food in plenty, so much so that we have little idea what it means to go hungry. We think now of the many people in our world who are less fortunate than we are, those facing famine, the homeless, 
those overwhelmed by disease, victims of war and genocide, those with inadequate means to provide for themselves or improve their situation, the weak, the sick, the oppressed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Reach out to them in their need and give them courage and strength, the conviction that someone cares, a reason to look forward. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious and loving God, grant your blessing on all who, like Christian aid, strive to help the needy in countries like Malawi, all who campaign for their cause, who support food and clothing, nursing and medicine, education and training, crops and machinery, the will and the opportunity to help themselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant that those who are hungry may find bread for life, as well as fullness of life through Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Teach us the part we must play in bringing that to pass, working for your kingdom of heaven here on earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, our comforter, healer, and friend, thank you that you do love and care for those who are on our hearts near and far. We remember those who are suffering, those who have lost loved ones, those who are sick, whether in body, mind, or spirit. As we name them before you now in the silence, may they know your comfort and healing, your provision, and the peace of your presence. God of hope and life, thank you for the lives of those who have gone before us, trusting in you, who now live in the joy of your nearer presence in heaven. Help us to live in the same hope and remain faithful to the end, sharing the good news of Jesus throughout our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and Redeemer, in whose name we pray. Amen. We continue our worship as we sing our next hymn, I the Lord of Sea and Sky, Here I Am, Lord. Mission Praise number 857.
Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, reading the first 11 verses. So it's Isaiah, chapter 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in the riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offsprings among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he hath clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in the robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes a young plant come up and the garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. And on to Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Amen. We continue singing this Hymn number four, The Spirit Lives, of the chorus, Walk in the Light, which is Mission Praise 664. Isaiah chapter two, verse five says, let us walk in the spirit, in the light of the Lord. And the spirit has come to give us light and to give us freedom. So let's all rise and we sing this next hymn, Walk in the Light of the Lord. Spirit lives to set us Walk, walk in the light He binds us all in unity Walk, walk in the light 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 of the Lord 
light, walk in the light of the Lord. We can clap. Jesus promised life to all. Walk, walk in the light. The dead were wakened by His cross. Walk, walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light of the Lord. He died and paid on Calvary. Walk, walk in the light to save the lost like you and me. Walk, walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light of the Lord. We know his death was not the end. Walk, walk in the light. He gave his spirit to our friend. Walk, walk in the light. pray as we come to God's word. Lord God, we thank you that you invite us to walk in the light of your presence, for in your presence there is light and life and joy and peace. And today, Lord, we think that in your light there is also comfort for us. And so, Lord, as we come today, for anyone who is coming burdened, may they know your comfort. For anyone whose heart is hurting, may they know your comfort. And, Lord, may you help us all to understand your word for us, these beatitudes, these blessings, these sayings of Jesus, which tell us of a way of life, through which you can bless our lives so that we can bless others. So we ask that you would speak clearly to us by your Holy Spirit, for we ask it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, these words of Jesus are words that are frequently recited at funerals. They're spoken to remind those present that in the midst of their grief, God's comfort is available. And we might pray this too for those that we know that have suffered loss, that they will indeed find and know God's comfort in the pain of their loss. Comfort for friends and relatives of those who have died in the faith, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, includes the very real comfort of knowing the eternal promises that we have through Jesus. It's the comfort of knowing that for the believer, death is not the end of life, but the doorway into God's heavenly home, into the everlasting light of his nearer presence. So for those who mourn the loss of a loved one, through faith in our Lord Jesus, God's comfort is very real and freely given. The comfort that comes from the everlasting love and hope that we have in Christ. And God, in his grace, wants to give his comfort to all those who grieve. However, when Jesus first spoke those words, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, he wasn't applying them specifically to the circumstance of those mourning the loss of a loved one. The original context of Jesus' words follows from the first of the Beatitudes, which we looked at last week. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As we looked at then, when we recognize our need of God's forgiveness for our sins and our need for God's love to transform us and renew us with life and hope, we begin to see just how poor we are in spirit. Before God, who is perfectly loving, perfectly holy, and perfect in goodness and faithfulness, when we compare our lives to the life of his son, Jesus Christ, we see, like the apostle Peter, that we're not worthy of his love. But as Peter found the wonderful discovery in that recognition of our own need is that the door is open for God's kingdom to come into our lives. For when Peter said to Jesus, go away from me for I am a sinful man, rather than turning from Peter, Jesus invited him to begin a new life. He invited Peter on the most amazing life he could have imagined to join Jesus in proclaiming the good news of God's eternal love and salvation for all who turn to him. Mourning is then an appropriate response when our eyes are opened to our spiritual poverty before God. And indeed, sometimes when we come to a realization of our sins and shortcomings, actual tears will flow as our heart is moved by the conviction of God's spirit on our consciences. This is what we might call godly sorrow, and it's the kind of 
good response of our hearts, which the Apostle Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. That's because godly sorrow or mourning leads us to the one who is truly able to comfort us, God himself. So we're thinking about last week, God's heart is for us to turn to him and away from the things that hurt us because he loves us so much. That means that when God's spirit brings our need to mind and convicts us of our sins, it's not to crush us or to make us feel ashamed. It's to lead us to find forgiveness and comfort from the God of all comfort, who removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west, as it says in Psalm 103, verse 12. On the other hand, worldly sorrow or mourning is very, very different. For example, if someone is aware of sin in their life and it's found out, rather than being sorrow for their sin and the harm it's caused, their sorrow is because of being found out. Another kind of worldly sorrow comes when, rather than listening to God's voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit convicting us of our needs, we listen instead to the devil's accusing voice, condemning us for our sins and shortcomings. And the difference is huge. God only ever convicts us of our sins to bring us to repentance and faith in him. He wants us to be set free to experience his love. He freely forgives and restores those who come confessing their need. Listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit then leads us to find forgiveness and to receive God's comfort in our need. The devil, however, wants to bring us down and weigh us down with guilt and shame. He doesn't want us to find comfort in God. Rather, he wants to condemn us, to get us focused on our sense of condemnation so that rather than turning to God, we are tempted to seek comfort in any other way, which actually doesn't bring any real comfort at all. Taken to the extreme, such as in the, the life of Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus, after he realized his sin, it was the devil's voice of condemnation that he listened to. And in his despair, he took his own life. Godly sorrow, however, never leads us into despair. It leads us to turn to God who always, always has a way forward for us. No matter how dark or difficult things have become, whether because of our own sins and failings, because of the sins and failings of others that have hurt us, God always has a way, a way through for us. This is the kind of mourning that Jesus says is blessed. It's blessed because it's a doorway for us to receive God's comfort, the comfort of God's Spirit. 
For by the comfort of God's Spirit, we discover how deep God's love and forgiveness is. And the Bible tells us that the Spirit also assures us that we belong to God, that we are His, that we are His children. However, through, uh, well, though the second beatitude does focus on our mourning over our poor spiritual condition, through which we receive the blessing and comfort of God's forgiveness and His love, there is also God's comfort available for all our troubles. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we receive from God. And God's comfort is therefore key to transforming us so that we may transform our world. And if there's one thing that you take away from today, it's this, God's comfort is key to transforming us so that we may transform the world. The comfort we receive in our troubles can help others in their trouble. This transforming power of God's comfort for us is also described in the verses we read in Isaiah chapter 61. And they tell us something of God's plan and purpose to bring his transforming comfort through Jesus, first of all, and then through his people. This is the comfort of the Holy Spirit, as we read in verses 1 to 3 of Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, the Holy Spirit, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. <laughs> He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And what we see there is that however we come to God, he wants to give us something better. If we come in mourning, he wants to give us the oil of joy. He wants to give us joy that... Uh, circumstances can't take away. If we come in despair, he wants to instead give us his garments of praise. He wants to lift us out of that. If we come feeling trapped, he wants to set us free with the freedom that Jesus brings us. When we apply these verses First of all, to Jesus' earthly ministry, as he did himself, we can recognize the different ways that he fulfilled this in the lives of, of those who he came across and those who he touched. 
By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus proclaimed good news, the good news of God's kingdom. He transformed those who were broken or imprisoned in their lives. He comforted the mourning and gave them new hope. And he turned their mourning into joy and their despair into praise. And so from being spiritually poor and needy people, Jesus makes us whole. People who are able to stand up, as it says, like oak trees, so that others may come and find comfort and shelter too. And this all results in praise to God through the transformation of other people's lives. This is what God wants to do in all our lives. He wants us not to remain as we are. He wants to heal us, to make us whole. He wants to transform our sorrow into joy. He wants to comfort us and set us free so that we can bring glory to him. Today, God wants us to experience these full benefits of the comfort that Jesus won for us. Through his death on the cross and his resurrections three days later. Through the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of life by his spirit, we enter into the new life Jesus promises, born again to God's family. That's a, that, but that's just the starting point. Because, as we all know, we live in a world of brokenness and trouble. And so we need to keep receiving God's comfort. We need to receive God's comfort, not just once. We need to keep receiving God's comfort to sustain us in our times of trouble. Because receiving God's comfort in our lives and through our troubles also enables us and equips us to be comfort bringers to others. We can see how much trouble there is in our world. We don't have to look too far. We can hear the news. We know people who are going through troubles. And we all have our own challenges to face. But as we receive and keep receiving God's comfort, the transforming power of his spirit to help us, to enable us and equip us, then we become people who can help rebuild and renew the lives and the communities of those who are broken, ruined, and devastated by the troubles of our world. As it says in Isaiah 61 verse 4, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Who are they? They're the ones who ended, started out broken, who started out grieving, who started out in pain. But they receive God's comfort and they will be the ones to rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations how many cities are devastated by one thing or another, drugs or whatever it is? And so we begin to see how important this message is that we receive God's comfort, that we can bring comfort to others, that we don't stay where we are. We come to God and are transformed. Of course, there are many examples we could find of people who found God's comfort and then brought God's comfort to those in trouble. Just uh, a couple of examples. We could think of Mother Teresa 
and her ministry among the poor in Calcutta. Nearer to home, we might remember the life of Irene Howitt and the Prishal Trust in Govan. If you've ever read her biography, it tells us that she had many troubles in her life, but her life was transformed by Jesus. And after she discovered God's comfort, she went on to share that comfort with others in their troubles. Our Lord is the God of all comfort, and he invites us today to come to him in all our troubles, to receive his love, his forgiveness, his peace, his joy, so that we may bring the blessing of his comfort to our needy and hurting world. And so we hear these words again. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are our comforter, that you heal us, that you forgive us. And so as we come to you this day, we ask that you will help us to come and receive that comfort for our souls, for our bodies, minds, and spirits, Lord. For you are the God who has made us for a purpose, the purpose of being those who will share the love of Christ. So help us and heal us that we may be those people who build up and renew the ruined places, who bring healing and comfort to others. Lord God, we thank you for your provision in all our needs, for forgiveness for our sins and life everlasting and every spiritual blessing that we receive out of the riches of Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we ask, Lord, that you would bless and multiply the gifts that we bring this day for the work of your kingdom as we also present ourselves to live for you and for your glory. For we pray it all through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We conclude our time of worship as we sing our final hymn this morning, And Can It Be, Mission Praise number 33.
before the blessing. If anyone would like prayer after the service for anything that's come up during the service, then I will be available with my wife, Rosie, and you can speak to me. So go now in the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill your calling as servants of Christ. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look kindly on you and give you peace. Amen.